Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. This is your host, Tony Simon, and I'm coming to you on the road trip to St. Louis. I'm going to Kevin Dixie's Train and Learn event, and uh, episode 82 is going to be me on the road. Um, I hope you enjoy it. It's helping keeping me awake. Uh, I was talking to G-Webs. If you don't know who he is, you should really follow gun websites on Instagram and also on YouTube. But uh, G-Webs said, hey, Tony, if you're driving out, contact me. We can go on air. And uh, just do a live YouTube show, which I'll probably contact him later and ask and see if we can set something up between him, myself, and CloverTac. But right now, I'd like to talk to you guys. One, thank you for sticking by me and allowing me to have a podcast that has a positive message. And also, a lot of you guys uh, follow me, and I really, really appreciate it. So let me talk about some of the stuff that has been going on with us. And by us, I'm using the world us, uh, me. <laughs> I was lucky, blessed, feel really good about being able to host diversity shoots in two states now. And we had uh, our diversity shoot recoil range in Monroe, New Jersey, which was awesome. The people at recoil, real nice people. Uh, we're going to be working with them for the rest of the year. I'll, I already have our dates. Um, we're going to be uh, there in July. Uh, the next time we're going to be uh, there in July, which is awesome. June 18th, we're going to be at uh, the Heritage Guild in Easton, PA, hosting diversity shoots. So I appreciate everyone that's coming to the events, that supports us through PayPal donations, that support us through uh, Patreon. It's really important. Uh <laughs> Especially financially, it's crazy because right now, replacing the ammo we use at these events are one of the priorities because obviously if we run out of ammo, I can't have events. I have no fear of running out completely, but how much that ammo cost to replace? If you remember, I purchased a bunch of this stuff from Gun for Higher Range when they were looking for... Uh, funds to come in to keep the range open and keep everyone working there so I pulled a lot of uh, our funds out to purchase ammo because I knew it was going to go up this was in the very beginning of 2020 or summer 2020 so I knew the prices were going to go up I was able to buy a lot of it but man are we burning through it quickly because I changed the schedule from once every other month to twice a month pretty much with diversity shoes it is what it is i think it's really important that with eight million new gun owners we get out there more so that's what i'm doing um so just asking if you can help fund us cool if you can't that's fine too just share a podcast on your social media and let people know hey tony's got this thing going on i'd really appreciate it so um i i feel these uh Diversity shoots were a great success. I appreciate that. I went to uh, CNJFO hosted an event, which was a fundraiser with the DC Project. And that 
got smacked. That was a lot of fun. I kind of forgot myself for a minute and just was really excited to get out back with friends again uh, that I haven't seen since 2019, pretty much. And <laughs> didn't bring one business card, didn't bring anything. And it was, for me, it was a social event. And I finally got to meet Gabby Franco, who's an Olympic athlete. She's also with the DC Project. We've We've been at the same place at the same time, but I had never been introduced to her. Really nice, friendly lady. Glad I got the chance to meet her. Met Dick Heller again from Heller versus DC. He was great. Uh, real cool dude. Just a historian when it comes to firearms or the Second Amendment and just history. It, it, it's crazy. Like the guy's a history now, I wouldn't say phenom. I talking to this guy points out how ignorant I am. So that that's more like it. <laughs> I I don't know if he's great. I just know he smokes me. Uh, got to see John Petrolino, who's a friend of mine. We talk on uh, Messenger and stuff a lot. But we finally got to hang out. And yes, I'm in his book, Decoding Firearms. You can pick it up on Amazon. Um, <laughs> Dude, he got me. I don't know if I told uh, if you've heard, but yeah, he got me really good with having this kid named Tyler from a Second Amendment group out of Virginia. Really nice guy. Tyler comes up to me and he's like, Tony, uh, John told me uh, you're on page 161 of this book. Uh, could I have your signature? Man, I looked at him like, why would you want me to write in your book? Actually, I did say why. And he's like, well, you know, you're right here and the picture's in the book, so... I laughed, I signed it, I took a picture with him, and that was pretty cool, but it was really weird. Uh, didn't help out that a few minutes later, my friend Matt came, who's uh, a lawyer, but he's also a firearms instructor, and he's helped us out and volunteered a lot of events. Second Amendment heavy lifter in Jersey. He comes over and goes, hey, Tony, you see on page 161 in John's book, Decoding Firearms? I was like, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. You want me to sign it? He looks at me like, why would I want you to sign my book? Why would I want you to write my book? Oh, dude, it was like for about 35 seconds, I felt on top of the world. And then reality smacks me in the face when my friend shows up and is like, dude, why would I want you to write my book? So, um, but man, it was a pretty cool day. <laughs> I got to hang out with... Uh, the ladies from DC Project, uh, Amanda Suffercool was down there. That's a funny woman. Um, Holly Sullivan, I met her. She's out of Connecticut. Uh, awesome lady. Lauren, Lauren Hartnett, that's her last name. Met her. It was great. I mean, I just had a lot of fun with the people that were there. Uh, I was glad to be able to meet them. I was glad to be able to hang out. They raised a significant amount of money. I got to hang out with my friends from CNJFO. And I even got to wear their pin that uh, I was given. They've only given 15 of these away. Either 15 or 13. I know Dick Heller has got the last, the latest one. They, gave, they presented him with one. I got number two. <laughs> so... Uh, it was really cool being hanging out with those guys. It was really like hanging out with friends, even though everyone's a two-way heavy lifter. 
And of course, being Second Amendment advocates, that's what we ended up talking about all night. Till like uh, two in the morning, we were hanging out, and then I finally realized I am way past the age that I can hang out and then try to drive home at two o'clock in the morning. But I did so, and it was a great experience. And I owe a lot of it to you guys for listening to me, following me, and motivating me to keep doing the work I'm doing. Um, not to be too serious, but 100%, yes, I pray. I'm, I'm a religious dude. I, not super religious as in I quote Bible verses, but I believe. And I really don't want to do this for my ego. And I, I pray that I'm doing the right thing all the time, almost on a daily basis that what I'm doing is fighting a good fight and for the right reasons and in my opinion I think the right reasons is the freedom of others that I've never even met that probably haven't even been born yet that's why I'm in the second amendment fight it's beyond me dude think about all the work other people have done for you to be sitting here listening to this show Regardless of your race, regardless of anything, the sacrifices people before you made, they didn't know you. You don't even know them. But someone put in work for you to be sitting where you are right now. And that's how I see this Second Amendment fight. I don't know the great human being that might not be born if they were able to strip away the Second Amendment right and the ability of the American people to defend themselves, to use the human right of self-defense to defend themselves. So that's why I do what I do. And I try to keep uh, a handle on it because I think this is very important and I hopefully and motivate people to listen to this show to become advocates of self in any way they can. All right, so that's what's going on with me. And right now, if you hear road noise, it's coming from, I think this is a 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee because my war wagon would not be able to make this (laughs) make this trip so again uh, if you hear noise it's me passing trucks and traffic and doing my thing as I uh, drive out the backside of Cleveland, Ohio on Route 70 alright I'm going to come back and if I don't get the name of some of this legislation you know what I'm not even going to try to get the name of the legislation right I'll be back in a few. KnifeRights.org. KnifeRights is a new sponsor of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. I was introduced to them by Anthony Calandro, owner of Gun For Hire Range, host of Gun For Hire Radio, and NRA board member. Anthony introduced us at the 2019 annual meeting. And that's where I learned that Knife Rights is a Second Amendment rights group that fights bad knife laws around the country. Currently, they're fighting New York City's unfair law on gravity knives. Um, They have over 30 pro-knife bills that have been enacted in 21 states, and they have stopped eight anti-knife bills in six states. Visit KnifeRights.org. Check out the Ultimate Steel Spectacular. You can get your membership and chance to win over $150,000 in prizes. Visit KnifeRights.org to learn more. Welcome back, episode 82 of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. Since I'm talking off the top of my head, I think I'm going to name this episode, episode 82. 
Roadhead. Yeah, I'll go with it. I don't care. Inside joke, but talking off the top of my head, and I'm on the road. Legislation. There's a couple of things going on. I'd like to congratulate Texas and those firearms owners in Texas that decided to uh, push for constitutional carry. It's passed everything and it's waiting on the governor of Texas to sign. And I think that's awesome. Congratulations, you guys. Um, it's going to be victories on a state level. That's how we're going to have to fight uh, for our Second Amendment rights. And, and, and it's just that simple. If you live in any state, there are no... Well, there are slave states and there are free states for now. This fight is on a state-by-state basis. All politics are local. You're going to have to get involved, at least to the point of finding out who is actually pro-Second Amendment on your local level and rallying behind them and having a conversation with them as a constituent through email, te- emails, letters, phone calls, whatever. You're going to have to stay on it even in the good times. I think a lot of us only wait until either a tragedy strikes or we are under attack before we contact these legislators. Well, at that time, they're getting bombarded with phone calls. If you contact them, I guess you could call it in the off-season, when their phones aren't blowing up with moms demand paid callers or firearms owners like ourselves. You need to reach them doing that low when you can do things like invite them to go to the range. I've contacted Cory Booker and I've contacted Menendez. I wanted to watch my phone afterwards, but I did. And of course I got garbage, uh, what do you call those, form letters back from them, but it still doesn't stop me from doing it. I've even called the governor, uh, and it's just, it's just sometimes exercising futility, but I do it because I can't let them think, and this is just in my mind, and I, I say it as all of us firearms owners, we can't let them think if we live in a blue state that they're one, that there is zero resistance, and, and they have like all of the people behind them. No, they don't. And I got the emails and the letters and whatnot. No, I'm calling. Yeah, no, I don't stand for this. No, you're pooping on my rights. Uh, you're, you're, you're trying to take civil rights away from Americans. And just not give up on it. Sorry, but you never give them a pass. So congratulations to Texas being 21st state. Get constitutional carry. Maybe one day in New Jersey we will. We have some Supreme Court cases going up right now. If you don't know about New Jersey, we have to have a firearms permit to actually uh, purchase a handgun. Uh, We also need a firearms ID to purchase any firearm or buy pistol ammunition or um, buy a BB gun. I mean, truly, if if you want to buy a pellet gun, it has to go through an FFL. Well, the permitting scheme is being taken to the Supreme Court. Excuse me, they're being sued, and and they're being sued by, like, a cacophony of 2A groups. Uh, Finance Policy Coalition, 
Second Amendment Foundation, CNJFO, ANJRPC, and NJ2AS. Like, we brought all the powers in to, to, to work on this one. All of the Avengers, all the 2A Avengers have formed up. And uh, we're trying to take on the state of New Jersey and their permanent scheme because they use it illegally to stop you or to discourage New Jersey citizens from owning firearms. According to the law, they're supposed to, when you go in and apply for your permit, uh, they have 30 days to get back to you whether you passed or failed, you know, whether you're approved or not. And many of them take well over 30 days to do the background check and they use uh, the police departments. Your township's police department does your background check unless you live in a town or an area that does not have a police department and then you go through your state police barracks. Well, some cities and towns and their chiefs, almost all cities and towns and chiefs, for a long time made up whatever rules they wanted on top of the state law. And that was illegal according to state law. To the point that my town decided to call my supervisor and ask my supervisor on my job, was it okay for me to own a firearm? 100% illegal. That's the kind of crap we deal with here. So that's why they're being sued because these politicians cannot be trusted. So <clears throat> these groups are actually suing them. And I think it's amazing. And... There's no way they can't win, but there's a way they can't win. <laughs> uh, so that's what's going on here in Jersey. Um, sorry for the ums. I told you I was going to be thinking off the top of my head trying to figure out what other legislation I want to talk about. So one thing I do want to let you guys know, Second Amendment is firearms. A lot of us talk about firearms all the time. Let's not forget knife rights. Uh, Doug over at Knife Rights is kicking butt in multiple states. He's getting rid of some of the stupidity in states over what knives are legal, what knives aren't. Uh, and I think that's great. And if you can support him, if you can kick a couple bucks to them, that would be cool. Because they have been winning the fight across the country for years. And like you rarely hear about any other work they do. And I know a lot of gun people carry a knife, carry an EDC knife. And you probably are able to carry that knife because of a lawsuit that knife rights won. So if you can support people that are actually winning in this fight, greatly appreciate it. All right. Since I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, I know the Supreme Court case is going up, and hopefully gun people, we, we, will, we will win this. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head because I'm a little exhausted. But I'll be back after a couple of minutes. Talk to you. Hey, I got an ad read from one of my favorite Second Amendment advocacy groups. Why? Because this is for CNJFO. And CNJFO has helped the Second is for Everyone before there was even a CNJFO. <laughs> Those guys have been helpful to us. So I got their ad read and I'm going to run it down to you. 
New Jersey is a civil rights wasteland where an unconstitutional law called justifiable need keeps ordinary citizens from exercising their right to bear arms. New Jersey spits an eye of freedom, ignores the Bill of Rights and the Heller decision. New Jersey politics are anti-civil rights bulldozer and a spreading cancer. The Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owner, a tax-exempt nonprofit, has a goal to defeat justifiable need, reverse course on all anti-freedom laws, and render aid to other jurisdictions by filing Supreme Court-bound litigation. CNJFO is a beacon of freedom behind the Iron Curtain in New Jersey. Join CNJFO's strong patriots. Support the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners today. Protect all our rights and return freedom to the Garden State. To donate or learn more, go to cnjfo.com. Welcome back. Episode 82. (laughs) I'm into gear horror right now, uh, mainly because I want to talk about a rifle bill that I'm taking out to St. Louis with me right now. Uh, 9mm PCC. The upper itself is from Palmetto State Armory. And it's a 9mm, obviously, uh, upper with a free float rail. I think they get all their stuff from Midwest Industries. I think really cool M-Lock rail uh, has uh, cutouts for um, what do you call it? Quick release uh, sling swivels. Uh, they say it's lightweight. It is lighter weight. I don't know where you. I mean, what's heavy? Eh. But. Um, I have that. I have a hollow sun on top of it. I forget which model of hollow sun. Uh, I have a hollow sun mounted on it. And uh, the lower is an arrow precision lower. And in it, I also have a Mag X from Matador Arms. Uh, Matador sent me that. Uh, this particular one takes Glock mags. So I have that set up with uh, Mission First Tactical uh, stock. And uh, hex mag uh, adjustable pistol grip that I can actually, with a uh, Allen wrench, change the angle of the pistol grip. <coughs> so that's pretty cool. I have that set up, and I'm bringing it out to the train and learn event. Uh, I took it to Recoil Range in um, Monroe, New Jersey, to zero. I zeroed the red dot at a short distance, mainly because I use it at diversity shoots. I took it to the last diversity shoot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, people were punching holes in paper, and of course, it's capable of one holing at 10, 15 yards, but almost anything should be capable of doing that. But that's what I have people shoot at because I try to build up their confidence. It ran no problem. Uh, the, <laughs> the only issue I have with it is when you use the Matador uh, Matador Mag-X, you're not using the same magazine release as you do on a regular AR. The Mag-X fits in the magazine well of a regular mil-spec AR-15 lower. And 
the magazine release is now almost like an AK type magazine paddle release that's in front of the magazine. So you reach up, grab it, and just pull it down. You know, you squeeze the magazine release, you take the mag out. Well, while I was zeroing, I was using my range bag as a rest to make sure I wasn't wobbling all over the place. And I kept, I continually hit the mag release and I'd fire around and the recoil would of course push the rifle or carbine up against the bag and it would drop the magazine. And I'm like, what's wrong with this thing? Did I screw it up? Because I've shot it before. I've taken it to the range uh, when we were doing Minuteman challenges and I set it up for the Minuteman challenge. So I'm like, why is this falling off? Yeah, it's recoiled. Dope. So anyway, that was the only issue I had and it was an issue that I myself created. Like most of my problems, I did this to me. But it's a really fun gun to shoot. Um, oiled it up, got it ready, took it out. We uh, A lot of people shot it. I thought that was great. I enjoy the gun because even though a lot of people go 16 inches and the PCC is ridiculous, it's a waste of time, I don't feel it's a waste of time a couple of reasons. One, ammo cost. See, everybody was talking all that yammer, yammer prior to 2020's ammo shortage. Now, if you have a PCC, you have another option to launch something out of a rifle uh, platform more accurately than using a handgun. So when that 556-76239 or whatever runs out, you still have a long gun option. That's why I think the MAG-X is awesome because you don't have to buy a whole nother gun. You can use the lower from your AR, pop the MAG-X in, and all you need is a 9mm upper and everything that goes with it. Truthfully, a 9mm upper with the bolt. You can use a regular charging handle. And now you have that. Also, in a way, you can probably use it as a trainer, even though 9mm is that much cheaper than 223-556. It's still significantly cheaper than 223-556. So if you don't have a dedicated 22 upper, you can use the 9mm upper. Is what it is. It's about having options at this point and not dismissing anything. I mean, in my opinion, dry fire is important too. Dry fire never stopped being important. But now that you're having a harder time buying ammo, it stepped up, didn't it? Wow, this thing beeps and warns as if I didn't see the giant tractor trailer I was overtaking. Oh, man. It's great to be in free America. <coughs> I see restaurants I don't usually see in Jersey as I'm flying by. So uh, I'm enjoying this this because uh, it's an AR9 upper. Uh, and instead of buying the whole thing, I could have that sent to my house. I had the upper sent to my house. I already had AR-15 lower. Mag-X came, so I didn't even have to go to my FFL. Now I've got a totally different rifle. Uh, what do I suggest it for? Well, I haven't run it hard enough. I'll let you know after this weekend how it held up. I wanted to bring it just to have the Mag-X at an event. I wanted other people to see it because with the Mag-X, um, I think it's CZ-75s, Glocks, P-10s, CZ-P-10s, 
more than likely M and P's and the Sig 320. Like they have different mag axes for all of those pistol uh, models. So if you have one of those handguns, there's a mag axe for you, and you can run them all on the same magazine. So I think I have five Glock mags that I'm bringing out that I can go from use them in my Glock 19 to pop them right in my AR9. Thank you, Matador Arms. So I don't know whether this is uh, a review on <laughs> the Mag X, the AR9, or a combination of them both. But I do enjoy the thing, and I can't wait to run it over the weekend, see how it turns out. And of course, I'll let you know, I just need more time on it, pulling triggers. All right. That was Gear Whore. I'll be back in a few. Hey, these things are short, man, when I'm doing it off the top of my head. I guess because I didn't give you a lot of specs. Did I tell you it was a 16-inch barrel on this thing? No? Yeah, it's a 16-inch barrel on it. It also has a Troy brake on the end of it, if I remember correctly. Remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, <laughs> I'll be back in a few minutes. Hello and I'm back. This is uh, episode 82, Roadhead. Uh, it's May 31st. It's Memorial Day. And I'm on my way from St. Louis. I just crossed over uh, the border from Kentucky to Tennessee like a half a mile ago. <laughs> I'm. This is post the Kevin Dixie Train and Learn event in St. Louis 2021. It was a event-filled weekend. Um, <laughs> my skill set has grown in various things. My knowledge has grown. The group of friends I have have grown. It was a very fulfilling weekend, and I suggest if you see the Train and Learn event come up on my timeline, on any of my social media, that you participate, that you purchase your tickets and get in on this. Um, it was a great event. A lot of people that I know there, and I enjoyed seeing them and being with them, met a lot of new people, went to a lot of classes. Uh, as I told you, I was speaking at the event as one of the speakers, which was awesome because you had Michael Sedini, you had Jake, and I have no idea what Jake's last name is. We just kept saying Jake, not from State Farm. And both of them were from Walk the Talk America, and they had a presentation. We had Roy Hill from Brownells, and he did a presentation. This was all on Friday night, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to break it down to you guys uh, per day. So that was Friday. We went to to uh, Rob's Guns. Rob's Guns in Missouri. Dang, I, Lettington, Missouri. Uh, Rob's Guns. Rob helped put this entire thing on. He's going to be tagged and all of the stuff. Um, anyway, we were there at Battlefield, which is right next to, actually attached to Rob's Guns. It looks like a laser tag uh, gaming place. That's where we hosted it. We had three different classrooms. 
and what we did was break attendees down to like 15 people per classroom and the instructors went from room to room and um or the speakers went from room to room and they talked about diverse things ha (laughs) my particular thing was second amendment advocacy obviously um we had roy hill talking about marketing we had Jarrah Hutchinson clearing the chamber on Instagram is Jarrah's thing. And it was Jarrah. Darn. My man from USCCA. I can remember his either first name or I can remember his last name, but I can't remember both and it's really annoying. His last name is Bowers. Real cool dude. He was from USCCA and they were talking about, he was talking about time management, money, marketing. So that was their combined class. Let's see, so Mike, Mike and Jake walk the talk. Oh, Cam. With a brother there named Cam that was talking about how to use uh, your website, uh, website and computers to update your stuff, uh, to stay on the cutting edge, to be more effective and efficient in business. I missed his, his talk. Um, I got to set in Roy's. Oh, yeah. And Sean, Sean Heron from uh, <laughs> Firearms Radio Network. So we had six speakers. Sorry, I didn't keep it together. Again, this is Roadhead, and I'm talking off the top of my head while I'm on the road. So I have no script. <clears throat> so there were six of us. We were speakers. How they did it is uh, the speakers would do one hour in each classroom and would go from classroom to classroom. We did it in two teams. I was on the second teams of speakers. So seeing as I had three hours, I set in on two out of the three uh, speakers. I didn't get the cams. I set in on Sean Heron. I set in on Roy Hill. And it was a lot of information. Uh, Mike Sedini from Walk to Talk America and... Jara and the USCC rep, uh, Frank, I, Mike Bowers? I think that might be his name, and if not, I do apologize. But uh, they set in. They had their relays at the same time as mine, so I didn't get to see or listen to what they had to say. But everyone agrees it was really worth the time. It was a lot of information. We saw a bunch of people taking notes. This weekend is a combination. I think a lot of people understand. It, if you are in the firearms, podcasting, uh, just the business of this side of firearms, um, this is what this weekend was about. It was not only classroom learning, but Friday was about that. We hung out. We ate food. Um, Rob Pincus was there from PDN Network, and he actually sponsored the food segment, so food was paid for, and uh, people had a really great time Friday night. Rob's Gun opened up for us, and they actually sold some ammo at a discount, which is really cool, so we could use it the next day. I even purchased some because, well, they were selling it at a price that was darn near pre-COVID, not much, you know, I think I bought, I purchased like 100 rounds of 556, but that allowed me to replace 
some of what I use uh, in Saturday's classes and Sunday for less money than it otherwise would have cost me to replace after this event. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, what else? Oh, there were a lot of deals on a lot of different things. Uh, the prices were normal at Rob's Guns. Not crazy at all. So that was something I thought was pretty cool because I haven't really been in gun shops. I've just been, uh, at, least, at least I haven't been in gun shops during COVID. I've just been talking to my friends that I work in gun shops and they said the prices were crazy and I've also been seeing, you know, the prices online. Rob did not have crazy prices. Um, so that was Friday. I mean, I came, we came in, I think we kicked it off at uh, 3 o'clock. We kicked off Friday's event at 3 o'clock. I got there. We got the people together. We got everyone seated. Uh, they told us how the weekend was going to work. Again, we had the speakers that I named. We had some uh, drawings afterwards. After all the speaking was done, prizes were given out. A lot of sponsors this year, too. Uh, Brownells was a sponsor, as you could assume. Enforce was a sponsor. Breakthrough Clean was a sponsor. So they gave uh, gear and swag away from these companies just to various people. Uh, and it was about producing. It was about putting out. It was about uh, uh, putting forth effort. And you were being watched all weekend. You were being watched for uh, posting stuff, you know. It's about promotion. These companies support what we do, but they want something out of it too, which is promotion. So you had someone watching to see if you posted. Nothing was free. You know what I mean? Everything has a cost. So, sorry I'm a little rattled, but, you know, I want to do a good job of giving you an idea of what's going on. Plus, I have hundreds of miles to go. So a little bit of stretching this out is what's happening. After <laughs> Afterwards, after the prizes were given out, after everybody got in the room and were chill, uh, and uh, they had a laser tag game. Well, let me explain something. This thing ran for hours. It was around midnight. I am not going to be playing laser tag at midnight when we had two more, two more days of this to go. And... I'm the big kid on the dodgeball team. No, I know everybody was going to shoot me easily because I'm big and slow. Uh, pretty much all I would have done was provide <laughs> cover <laughs> for people. So, yeah, that didn't happen. I didn't stay for that. I rolled out, went to the hotel and crashed. Um, one of the friends or some of the friends I had was, of course, um, Locked and Loaded Latinos, Rolando and Johanna. They were there. And I hung out with them a lot this weekend. Argo J, if you guys know who he is, we hung out. Uh, <clears throat> and Ken Scott from Provectus Groups. So all these people, of course, have YouTube channels, but uh, we've become friends over the years. And they are great instructors. Uh, Johanna and Rolando, of course, RSOs. And real cool people. They collected a lot of stuff. They collected a lot of interviews, photos, and information. So that was Friday night at the event. Let me check this recording. All right, cool. 
I don't think I missed anything. We were seeing, again, the event was held in Lettington in Missouri. Heck of a drive in now. So I'm going to bounce out of here because I think I'll do it by the day. So I'll come back and tell you what happened Saturday. High Point Firearms. That's right. I'm talking about High Point Firearms. Why would you buy a High Point pistol? Why would you buy a High Point carbine? Well, High Point carbines just work. High Point carbines are a lot of fun because they're inexpensive, especially compared to a lot of the AR-15 base PCCs. Um, They're pretty much the entry level in pistol caliber carbines, and they work. Um, especially if you combine them with a high tower armory bullpup chassis, turns the fun up to an 11. Why would you buy a high point handgun though? Don't they have a horrible reputation? Well, truthfully, I purchased a high point handgun before I even started doing the diversity shoot. Why? Because I wanted to know whether they earned that reputation of being horrible or not. Guess what? They work. They work. They're simple blowback pistol, which means the slide is heavy, it's high. It's not the most ergonomic pistol in the world, but for the price point, you have a gun that works. That's why I actually started talking to the people at High Point. Tell them about the handgun. Tell them about the reviews. Tell them about the thousands of rounds. Yes, thousands. of. I'm one of those people that actually fired thousands of rounds for a High Point handgun, and it works. I've even used it in a class and it ran the entire class with zero malfunctions that wasn't caused by the operator not shoving the magazine all the way in that's the only malfunction i had the mag fell out because i did a dumb reload high point firearms are dependable they serve a niche if you are entry-level firearms owner it's an inexpensive way to protect you and your family if you really really like trolling the internet it's one of the easiest ways to do it high point firearms fun no matter where you are in your firearms ownership journey (laughs) all right i've rethought the title of this show (laughs) only because I'm talking about the train and learn event, the entire show. Um, Roadhead is still a funny one. I really think it's funny. I don't know. I may just name it the train and learn event 2021. I don't know if Kevin wants his name attached to something called Roadhead, but I'm not changing each section. I'm not re-recording anything. So it is what it is, what it is, is, is. So let's go ahead and start with Saturday. <clears throat> we started out Saturday morning. We went to the range, which also Rob's Guns owns. So that was pretty awesome. We went to the range. It was cool. We had uh, two pistol ranges and a rifle range. We got everybody out there bright and early. Got organized. We had setups. Roy from Brownells had a setup, uh, so you can see his stuff. Rob's guns had, I mean, set up by, I mean, tables where their stuff was. We also had Tactical Life. Uh, they are manufactured. They were there. 
Oh, they were also one of the sponsors. I, I'm a bonehead, and I forgot that. Uh, they had prizes and stuff on the table. They gave away one or two rifles. I can't remember which one. Obviously, since I can't remember, you know I didn't win one. But that's all right. People that were deserving really pick one up. I'll tell you uh, about that uh, when I talk about Sunday. So we get out to the range. And I'm in a quandary because I want to figure out what I want to bring. What do I want to bring out to shoot at range day? Because I know we're going to be shooting pistols. So I had a couple. I had, excuse me, I had one pistol, my Gen 2 Glock 19. I didn't know we could uh, use our firearms from concealment because I have my trusty, dusty, really comfortable JX Tactical Fat Guy holster that my Glock 19 is in. And I should have taken that. Again, I wasn't aware that we could draw from concealment during these classes. So I wore that crappy Blackhawk holster outside the waistband. Uh, faux Serpa. Well, actually, it's a Serpa without the button on it. And uh, it's very uncomfortable. I don't like it at all. <laughs> and I also had the choice of firearms. So... I had a AR-9 from Palmetto State Armory with the Mag-X from Matador Arms. I had that. Someone let me borrow actual uh, 30-something round Glock mags so I wouldn't be that weirdo from New Jersey that would be trying to shoot drills with 10-round magazines. Man, that's embarrassing when you're in a free state. Everyone else has, you know, full-size magazines, and here you are, 10 rounds, 10 rounds, 10 rounds. You know how often you're changing magazines in a rifle class 10 rounds at a time? So, because it's funny, what do I use? Again, I had the AR-9. I had an... AR-15 and 5.56 made with the um, G-Wax Armory Monolithic Polymer Lower. And I also had the High Point 995 carbine mounted in a High Tower Armory MBS chassis. MBS 95 chassis. It's a pretty much bullpup High point carbine, it takes the high point 10 round magazines. It's in 9mm, but they make it in everything from 380 up to 10mm. Okay, hold on. 380, 9, 40, 45, and 10mm are available for these chassis systems. And of course, those are the calibers they make the high point carbine in. So I had to mine. I don't. <clears throat> and I decided to take that to the rifle class. Once I heard it was in short distance, you know, it was uh, 25 yards, 25 to 50 yards. Well, I know that high point is accurate to run drills at 50 yards. So I took that. Also, I took it because people were going to be taking pictures of it. People are going to be talking about it. And uh, I'll, I'll let anyone run it that wants to run it. And that's what we did. So safety brief is given. We looked at a bunch of stuff. They told us we are going to have lunch there. 
and we went over right away and started. Um, oh, we had different courses too. Yeah, let me not be a bonehead. We had hand-to-hand combat. Uh, we had another knife. Oh, we had a knife throwing course. We had one pistol course ran by Rob Pincus. Another pistol course run by Dustin Pluth. Pluth, damn. Sorry, Dustin. Dustin Pluth. And we had the rifle uh, class run by Ken Scott of Provectus Group. If you don't know who Dustin is, Dustin is a competition shooter, a sponsored athlete from multiple, uh, sponsored shooter from multiple companies. Uh, of course, Rob Pinkus is from PDN Network and ICE Training. And I said Ken uh, was from Provectus Group. They broke us into teams. I ended up being a team captain. Uh, had no clue. They were just like, uh, Tony, you're team captain. Uh, just the, the responsibilities of the team captain is to remember where everyone needs to be and in what order. The hand-to-hand combat was really cool because a lot of it, you could, you could join in if you want to, but a lot of it was theories, victim selection, attitude, thinking. It was a more mental depending on the class because each iteration that went through, he did something different depending on the class, the questions, um, and the type of things people wanted to know. I thought it was really informative because a lot of fighting is thinking first, is paying attention, and he talked about a lot of that during our iteration. Uh, we did some holes, we did some punches, and I think it was really smartly done uh, because they're... Now, the reason I'm not giving you the name of the instructors is because you're t- listening to the podcast done by an idiot, and at least I should have written his name down, but I had a hard time remembering his name the entire day. The funny part about that is the irony of it because he asked everyone in our group their name and he goes, I don't know why I'm asking because I don't rem- I won't remember any of your names. And I thought that was funny and totally honest. And he went around the circle because we had two groups of 12 in that group and everyone told their name. And when it got to me, I decided I was going to make him remember my name. So when he said, what's your name? I said, my name was Chicken Wing, Chicken Wing. He was like, I'll remember that. <laughs> so, anyway, it was a very informative uh, block of instruction. And then after it was over, our group split up. One went one way, and we went to... Um, where the hairy heck did we go? First. I guess we went over to the rifle section. Because uh, my group actually did it from one, one end to the other. So we went to the rifle with... Uh, Ken from Provectus Group. They had targets set up. Uh, they were doing trend. Uh, Ken was there, and on that uh, uh, range was Tactical Life. So if you wanted to shoot one of Tactical Life's rifles, you could. Uh, he actually assigned two or three people to shoot their guns. I wanted to run the high point because uh, the high point in, in that chassis for two reasons. Again, to let people see it so they could shoot it, which people ended up doing. And I also wanted to run it under the stressor of a class. I, we've used it in the Miniman Challenge. We've used it at diversity shoots. I wanted to run it in the class, and I did. It was fun. It was really short. 
It doesn't have much recoil, and at close ranges, I mean, dude, it's, it's a pistol caliber carbine. It's nine millimeter out of a 16 and uh, or 17 inch barrel, and it puts rounds where it needed to be with no problem, even with the mushy trigger because it's a bullpup. And if you don't know, yes, the trigger on a bullpup, you don't even know if the safety's off because it moves a little bit. <laughs> and I'm going to be posting videos, and every video, people don't think the safety's off, and they keep flipping it back and forth until I tell them you have to squeeze it hard. But because of the multiple uh, areas of contact, your shoulder, your cheek, both hands, when you pull that mushy trigger, it still works well, and you hit what you're aiming at. So, again, we shot drills, close range. Uh, 10, 15 yards, put rounds where you want to. He drew a one-inch circle. Ken drew a one-inch circle. What? Uh-oh. Got to speed up. Ken drew a one-inch circle on the target. I think we were like 15 yards. Was it 15 yards? It was close enough for me, no problem. But what I learned was the height over bore at that distance was about the same as an AR-15. I had to figure it out. And, of course, with this thing, I was able to just shoot one holders in their up drills. The carbine is accurate. The carbine works. I had one magazine act dorky on me, and what happened is it didn't... It, the spring compressed. I was able to run, like, five rounds through it, and then it just got dorky and wouldn't feed anymore. The, the follower wouldn't go up any higher. So I took, I have my magazines numbered so I knew which one it was and I just put it out of service because you don't want to do that. So uh, then we had to go and work around cars. We had to work around a vehicle. Uh, first move is shoot over the hood of a vehicle. And you had to, of course, make sure the barrel cleared the vehicle even if you were looking through an optic. With this bullpup, the cool part about it is you can set your hand on top of, you know, directly underneath it, and you're going to be off the hood. And I was able to put multiple rounds into a target very quickly. And for working around a vehicle, you don't need much room with a bullpup because once you shoulder it, it takes less room. It takes up less room. You can be closer cover. Um behind something because it's so short when you have it shouldered. That was fun. Different exercises like that. Shooting from the front of the car, back of the car. There was also a block of instructions how to use the car's cover effectively. And then we had to move on from there because we had lunch. Lunch was provided, uh, which was uh, brats and burgers and everybody got to come and talk about the things they did and every group got together and we just talked about what's next, what the instructors were like, what drills they ran. Really cool. After lunch, we went over and saw Dustin, Dustin Pluth, Springfield Armory athlete, uh, shooter, Springfield Armory sponsored shooter. And he taught us not really competition, but how to put rounds on target quickly uh, how to transition, how to shoot and move, both going forwards and backward. Um, how to shoot multiple targets, relays. It was fun. And he also uh, taught how to draw from 
well, I wanted to draw from concealment, but how to draw and put rounds on target in under two seconds. Everyone in the class was able to do it. And by the end of the class, uh, by the end of his block of instructions, we were drawing and putting around on target. Everyone was under two seconds. And then we had a competition who could be quicker. Uh, everybody, <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty good. Uh, I do not use that piece of garbage holster. I hate it. So I've only practiced with it at range 14 and Fort Dix. Uh, we were shooting at targets that were seven to eight feet away with Dustin. I practice at 15 yards because that's the minimum we have at Fort Dix. I practice at 15 yards to hit the target. They do it at a few feet. I was able to get to two seconds at 15 yards and hit the target in center mass and uh, A zone hits. That, that's what you'd call it using IPA targets. I was able to draw my fastest time was 1.27 seconds draw to hit on target in the A zone. That beat everyone in the class for exactly, I think I beat three people. That's a car talking, obviously. I think I beat three people. And then uh, everybody else came out and they beat me by, you know, tenths of a second until the last guy came in at .97 seconds draw to first shot from concealment. I thought that was pretty cool. Wait a minute. No. He was, was he concealed? No, he wasn't. He had outside the waistband holster, but I mean outside the waistband. I think it was a Glock. <laughs> I think it was, might have been a Glock 19 or a Glock, a Glock 23. But he had an extended magazine in it, and it looked hilarious, but the boy could shoot. So, that was a lot of fun. Sorry if it's taking a long time to tell the story, but I'm driving, and I'm trying to think of stuff. And I'm also trying to stay awake. I appreciate you listening. Hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> Again, a lot of fun. A lot of guys there. I think TS Solutions was there. Uh, his name is Caleb. He's a firearms instructor out of Tennessee. I think it's Tennessee. I don't know. The brother's really cool. He was at the first, first event. I was with Jake, from not from State Farm, who walked to Talk America. He was in our group. Um, Velocity Vixen, she was in our group. If you don't know Cassandra, she's a firearms trainer also out of Ohio. Uh, a lot of firearms trainers were in our class, and I thought that was a wonderful. Uh, was Tangerine? Yes, she was. Um... I think Tactical Tangerine is her name. Her name is Tangie. She's a former Marine. She's also a firearms trainer and a radio personality. She was there too. She was running Glock 43. Velocity Vixen, if you don't know her, beautiful blonde lady, tall, thin, awesome, sauce. Okay, all of my friends are awesome, and I probably use the word awesome too much, but that's because my friends are awesome. So Velocity Vixen was there. She had an outside the waistband holster pack and a Glock 34. Um, I think Caleb had a CZ. Yeah. I should have shot his gun. I don't know. It was so much going on. Like maybe if the thing was maybe four days, <laughs> we'd get a lot more stuff done. But the gun stuff was a lot of fun. 
uh, after we finished up with Dustin Bluth, we went over to Rob Pincus's class. All right, his is, of course, defensive. You know, if you know Rob Pincus, you know he does combat-focused shooting. So Dustin was more shoot-and-move, competition, put one round on target kind of thing, get it done, walk forward, put as many rounds on target as you can between point A and point B, and then work your way backwards. But it's, you know, of course, when you're teaching people at different levels, because everyone was not an instructor, but I was in an advanced class. Most of the people in my group were advanced. Some were even police up, police officers. So that was cool. Not that they're any more advanced than the instructors that were there. Because I, but I think a lot of these police officers were instructors themselves and on special teams. So they shot more than the average patrol officer. So anyway, went over to Rob combat focus shooting now Dustin did us some relays so we were able to get pictures so if you're wondering why I don't have any photos of me and Rob's uh, block of instruction it's because Rob put everyone online at the same time Dustin did relays so we were able to get pictures of each other man I'm coming up on the extra for Nashville uh, get pictures of each other shooting and video of each other shooting but with Rob, everyone was online. Rob did drills, uh, set up targets, and he started with chest hits uh, with, I think, it, it had to be less than an 8-inch target in the chest. He had a head target that was like 4 inches, a chest target that was maybe 8 inches, and a hip girdle kind of target. It was like a, a silhouette, and then it had those three target areas, and it was about putting rounds on target accurately uh, with instinctive shooting as fast as possible. Now, uh, obviously, you want you to use the sights as the target gets smaller, but they said, all right, chest shot. Chest shot seven feet. There's somebody there with a knife. What are you going to do? Threat up. Put as many shots on target as you think is necessary. I'd taken Rob's uh, combat focus class, so I know what it was about. I don't get a chance to shoot that close because of the range I go to. Of course, again, I said Fort Dix. They have a 15-yard minimum, so you have to shoot slow to hit an 8-inch target. I mean, you have to aim. I think it's less than 8 inches now to think about it. Let's just say 6-inch target. You want to put rounds on the target from a concealed draw, punch out, and pull the trigger as soon as possible. Cool. Here we go. Man, I have to turn the heat up in this vehicle. It's chilly now. Anyway, so what I did was shoot as quickly as possible. I didn't want to miss, but I wanted to fire as quickly as possible. And I'd do three, four, five rounds sometimes uh, in a string. You're shooting a bad guy. If you shoot one time, they may stop and take off running and the fight is over. That may happen. Or they may keep coming because you didn't hit anything. You didn't make a physical stop. You didn't shut them off because you hit them in a part of the brain that shuts off all movement. If this is gruesome for some of you, I don't know why. This is a show about firearms. So they want you to put multiple shots on and that's what I did 
and I was trying to speed up and shoot as quickly as possible. And I think it's about a six-inch target. It's about the size of your hand when it's spread. That's the size of the target I was aiming at. So it was like bang, 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 bang. I don't know how many magazines I shot in the middle of the middle of that target, but I only pulled one shot. I was still on the body of the target, uh, but it was like two inches outside of the ring because I was trying to push myself and shoot as fast as possible without missing. So you don't know how fast you can go until you pass your failure rate. And that's when I knew. I was like, all right, I did that. I pulled one shot because I squeezed the trigger too early. And then I pulled another one because I was going faster. Then I could get control again. Um, okay. Going the right direction. <laughs> Paying attention to GPS has me again. I'm, uh, I'm on uh, 24 East. Going through Tennessee towards Chattanooga, Knoxville. That was that. Then we he had a shoot at the three or four inch target in the head. That's one shot. So we were doing that kind of put rounds to the chest, and then the next exercise we put a round through the head. I missed one with that. I have no idea what the excuse is. I, I mean, it was me obviously, and I pulled one shot in his class. So. We did rob. We did them all. Um, able to put our firearms away. It was great. We had 70-something people out online, broken into groups. We all talked about firearms, talked about that kind of stuff. Um, saw each other's guns. And almost everybody bought something cool because they know people are going to look at it. <laughs> uh, then what else did we do? Okay, cool. So the shooting was done. We get, got our gear all up. Everyone took their gear to the car. We had some night shoots set up also with night vision goggles. Awesome. If you wanted to participate in that, we also had some night shooting with, you know, flashlights, laser. Uh, also, Dustin Pluth and uh, Ken Scott gave a demonstration on, of course, vehicle tactics, jumping out of the vehicle, laying down base of fire. It was just a really cool demonstration where they pretty much did mag dumps on multiple targets. If you saw my video of Dustin... Oh, man. How did that happen? Oh, knocked my phone. Whoa, it's 24 minutes. Sorry, guys. Didn't know this section was that long, but guess what? We still rolled. Um, so we had the night shoot. It was a really cool demonstration. Just mag dumps on the targets as if you'd got caught in an am ambush. So they were putting it down. Really cool. After that, if you had a firearm with a flashlight, you were allowed to go up online and uh, shoot that. Mike Waller from NJ Firearms. Uh, he was one of the guys from last year's event. They put him in charge of uh, running <laughs> the night ops with the optics. Uh, allowed you to see through it, put some rounds on target. That was cool. And then we all put the guns up. Uh, we had a giant, they had a giant bonfire going. Oh, it was cold as a MOF, by the way. It was cold. In 2019, it was over 100 degrees. The humidity was 1,000%. It was like breathing. It was like walking around, <laughs> walking around underwater. 
and of course we know I almost you know walked into the light with heat stroke and uh, high blood sugar thing this was the total opposite this year it was below 60 degrees actually it was below 40 degrees at one time um, but they had a giant bonfire really cool and everyone sat around and it was bring your own chair so we all sat around they also had chairs there uh, they broke out the cigars Vaughn who I don't have her card on me but I'll probably make a post about it Vaughn had cigars there from her shop she has a cigar consulting business I think her name is Black Barbie dollar sign Black Barbie I think is her IG thing I haven't followed it yet but I will and she has a cigar consulting business and they brought a bunch of cigars uh, Kevin Dixie purchased them and just various and introduced people to cigars if they wanted so we all sat around whoever wanted got cigars but they also had a class on how to pair cigars with different alcohols and they had some examples of those alcohols so people if they wanted to drink they had a small glass but still glass of alcohol and you could go back and forth I guess and get more I didn't because I don't drink in public and I definitely don't you know whatever drink and drive a lot of people caught rides with other people so they did their own thing but let me tell you something about sitting around with people after two days of training long hours and you all have something in common it was the coolest thing ever it was the coolest vibe and it's probably my most impressive memory of Train and Learn 2020. It was t- togetherness of a diverse group of people from various backgrounds, all there for self-improvement. That was really powerful. Some of the people knew each other from various events. Uh, there were a significant number of alumni from the very first event. But we were out there with the fire going, big bonfire going, out under the night sky. It was a little chilly, so people were sitting together and they were having conversation about different things. And people didn't just stay with one group, not even clickishly. It was like you talked to this group of people then you'd move on and talk to this group in ones or twos it was pretty amazing and something like that makes me want to go to the 2022 event and that's one of the reasons I say you should go the togetherness you got the white guys with the tattoos black guys with the tattoos Uh, all age groups Hey, look, that guy's a Navy SEAL. That lady's a security guard. Most of them firearms instructors in one manner or another. Others have podcasts. It was just a collection of human beings that had a common interest. And we're in a night sky. And it's really cool. (laughs) Smoking cigars and chilling. And then... Every now and again, you just hear a burst of gunfire from somebody that's still running the night vision course. Or tactical uh, tactical life would have their full auto. 
And man, ain't nothing more American than that. So that ended Friday. That ended Saturday. All right, guys. It's the end of that. I guess I'm going to be circling around Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Nope, not Chattanooga. Going past Nashville International Airport now. So I'll come back. Tell you about Sundays. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. At the Kevin Dixie Train Learn Event 2021. Welcome back. Episode 82, Roadhead. Yeah, I'm sticking to it now. Uh, <laughs> so, what I'm going to tell you about now is what happened Sunday. Woo! <laughs> Sunday now you're getting tired, man, because every day ends after midnight. Uh, every day's butt kicking. Um, everyone's of course hungry after Saturday uh, when we got out of there past midnight, and there was really only one place open, Jack in the Box. Man, I think the last time I had Jack in the Box, I was 10 years old. Don't remember Jack in the Box sucking quite that bad when I was 10, but what did I know? I was 10. Jack in the Box sucked, but I had to eat something, and I hadn't eaten since lunch that day, and it was past midnight. And did I just say Jack in the Box sucks because it does? Anyway, so Sunday morning started out. We were starting at nine o'clock. Uh, we had to go back out to the range. We'd met for breakfast. I had breakfast with uh, who the heck did we? Uh, me, uh, obviously. I'm talking about me having breakfast. Sorry, a little tired. I think it was Johanna and Rolando and myself on Sunday. Anyway, we went out to the range. And now it was time to do interviews, take photos. Um, and that's what we did. Everybody got together. And um, I went over and spoke to the Tactical Life guys. We watched them tear their guns down. Uh, a lot of people videotaped them shooting the firearms and then interviewing the guys from Tactical Life. I had conversations with them because I'm trying to get them to put something together for the diversity shoot. Um, I, I think a quality AR being built by someone, like I have the PSA. I have the PSA rifle that I built, really cool. But a higher quality, more expensive firearm, other guys bring. Other guys bring high-end AR-15s. I think it's really cool, but I'm not going to provide those out of pocket. Like if a company wants to present, mother fuck, god damn it. Well, a tractor trailer just kicked up someone's combat boot off the highway into the grill of the rental car. Ha! It just hit the grill. I caught a boot in the face. Oh, well. It is what it is. It's a rental car, not mine. <sighs> All right, let me get back on point. So, boom, 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 boom. I go over. I talk to you guys from Tactical Life. I also uh, bring. I, I made sure I bought the high point again. So people who wanted to shoot it could. They videotaped themselves shooting it. They took photos of it. I have video of different people firing a thing. Because uh, I wanted to bring it out. Let me say something. High Point gave me High Point carbines two to three years ago with no strings attached. Here. 
I like we like the work we do. We know you're gonna do whatever. Here's some guns. So what we've done is take them to diversity shoots for years. I've used them in the Miniman Challenge. I have people shoot them. All this was done just because I had the guns and I'd love to promote people. Oh, uh, uh, or as Anthony Calandro, you support those who support you. So that's why I brought it. I brought the high, the high tower armory, did the exact same thing. We like the work you do here. Do whatever you think is necessary. I could have given them away. I could have raffled them off. I could have done anything. But I wanted people to shoot these things because I feel personally that guns can serve more than just a defensive purpose. Everything is not a go-to-war firearm. But some of these are really good for defensive use. And that's where these fall, if need be. I think they're fun plinkers, number one or range guns, or whatever you want to call it, especially if they works and runs. But guess what? You shoot that range gun enough, you know the range gun, it works. Put it in a bullpup chassis, it raises the fun of the range gun from like an 8.9 for the high point to like 11.12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Not even joking. And if you're one of those people that go, I'd rather be found dead than shooting and die I, I, I'm tired of the corny ass alpha male faking online bull crap that everything that's not for serious business shouldn't even be used just shut up just shut up it's funny the number of people out there in the firearms industry that act as if somehow this whole tactical thing's been going on for a long time because it has not it has not this is somebody, me, is somebody that's been in the firearms since the 1970s. I've been reading the magazines and everything since the frickin' 70s. And where we are today is something that pretty much happened widespread. Two things, in my opinion, happened. 9-11, and we started having the wars in the Persian, the war against, was it global war terrorism, whatever the hell they call it. Anyway, that started and video games and it has a lot of these people believing that oper- they operate operationally and if you don't have a firearm that's used by an operator that operates operationally in an operational zone you can't be taken seriously yeah shut the front door full of crap guns are fun stop acting like a dick so anyway I brought the guy point pulled up and uh, we had a great fun with it that was over at the rifle range. The interviews were done. Uh, I interviewed. Uh, I actually, I got interviewed by a Defensive Unicorn. Uh, she interviewed me. I also got interviewed by MJ. Uh, Mary is her name. Yes, I know. There's a car in that lane, but the road is closed. So I, I, I had people. I had two people interview me. And. And I interviewed Rob Pincus. He double dared me to interview him. Well, wrong dude. So, of course, it's one of the funniest interviews you've ever seen because, again, Rob's a friend of mine. Hey, you know there are people out there that don't like Rob Pincus. You're grown. He's grown. Don't tell me you don't like him. Tell him you don't like him. Uh, That was a great interview. 
it was a lot of fun. And then uh, we went to another location, did more interviews. They had a really cool billiards game competition. Uh, Kevin hosted it, refereed it. They had coaches. It was, it was great. Hopefully, uh, Rolando from Locked and Loaded Latinos, he, was, he recorded the entire thing, and it was really worth watching. One of the funniest and most fun parts of the weekend was watching the competition because they encouraged you to pick a person that you supported. It was... Uh, they had four people competing against each other, uh, two teams, and they encouraged you to support one and boo the other and be really vocal about it and talk smack and just be over the top. And it was hilarious because it was Dustin Pluth was one of the coaches. It was Rob Pincus was another one. Uh, Jarrah Hutchinson had one. And I think Ken Scott had the other person. So everyone picked one person. And you had to pick teams. And, and it was hilarious. And the smack talking was just outrageous. A lot of fun. So many people were going around at that time. So some people who attended didn't even see this thing because they were doing interviews. Um, talking technical. You could shoot other people's guns. You could be interviewed them about their firearms. You could do anything you wanted. But it was about mingling, meeting people, getting phone numbers, contact information. The whole whole purpose was work and network. I freaking loved it. Freaking loved it. Then they had, uh, we got together and we did uh, some giveaways. And uh, Faxon, one was a Faxon rifle giveaway. And I think Rhonda Mary uh, won the Faxon rifle. And Clayton from USCCA and his wonderful wife, Jen, won uh, the uh, tactical life rifle because they put in a lot of work over the weekend. His wife pushed herself. Um, she wasn't comfortable with some things, but she worked her way through it, and they helped her through it, and she was nailing targets left and right. It was a wonderful weekend. Uh, how did that end? Oh, we all went to uh, Prime Protection in St. Louis uh, because they had their retail store grand opening, so a lot of us went there. Rob... Ken, Argo J, Kevin Dixie, Locked and Loaded Latinos, and a lot of the attendees of, to the Train and Learn event. They went there for the grand opening, and everybody bought stuff. It pretty much wiped out most, most, <laughs> most of their products uh, the first day of their grand opening. This weekend was about supporting others, about learning, about improvement, self-improvement, and I'm glad to be a part of it. I hope I'm a part of the next one. I hope what I've recorded today encourages you to be a part of one if you're in the industry in any way whatsoever. If you're not in the industry and you're like, well, dang, uh, I'm not part of the industry. How do I get involved in that? By taking a training class yourself, understand one, the self-improvement of taking a training class. It'd be it firearms, be it medical, be it hand-to-hand combat, be it any of the stuff we learned today. When you upgrade your
your skill set. You will meet like-minded people who are upgrading their skill set. It's up to you whether you want to have a relationship or not, but I totally encourage it. I wholeheartedly encourage building a relationship with others like you. Because the interest is what you have in common. Every other aspect of your life may be completely different. Don't stay friends with people only in your echo chamber. Become friends with people that do other stuff too. And I mean, there were multiple doctors at this event. There were professionals in every aspect of human existence. Ugh. Blah, blah, blah. Just put some lip balm on my lip and actually squirted my mouth back. Anyway, we had a great time. Uh, we all went there uh, to Prime Protection, St. Louis. If you're in the area, go there. Buy your guns, buy your gear, buy your stuff. We left there and went and had dinner in St. Louis. And that was funny because we called ahead and said, Hey, we need, um, I don't know, seating for 25 people. You can open carry in that state. It was really funny watching Mike Waller come in with a SIG uh, P320, uh, the one with the tungsten frame, all hooked up, carrying out, <laughs> carrying a, 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 a open carrying in a drop leg holster. And not to be outdone, here come Kendra, Hustle Queen, on Instagram. Armed security guard. Uh, armed security guard. Martial artist. Firearms instructor. And all around certified badass. She had a FN 509 Edge with an optic and a flashlight. Weapons mounted light and a drop leg holster too. <laughs> Pretty much we had 25 people and everybody was strapped. That was the safest restaurant in all of St. Louis that night. And that's how we ended the night. We're really cool people. Lots of hugs. Lots, uh, lots of people went bye-bye. Uh, many people stayed until Monday morning and uh, drove out. So uh, I had breakfast this morning with Kendra, Hustle Queen, Mike Waller from NJ Firearms on Instagram. The Locked and Loaded Latinos and Argo J. So we all had breakfast together this morning and they all took off for flights or their drives back to where they come from. Great weekend with great people. Three straight days. Almost every hour from sun up to well past sundown. Working with like-minded human beings. Miss them a lot. And I look forward to the next event. And hopefully, even after this podcast, you look forward to the next one. I think I might bail, mainly because I don't know whether I talked about this bullpup or not. So, when I have more clarity, when I have less hours on the road and less distraction, we'll be back with the regular show. Thanks a lot for listening. 
Um, I'll put commercials in this thing later. And this will be released this week. Probably before I even get home. (laughs) If not, hey, have a great day. Have a great week. Be a good human being. Or at least try to improve yourself. Talk to you later. Matador Arms makes something pretty cool. It's called the Mag X. It's a pistol magazine adapter for an AR-15 lower. It fits any mil-spec AR-15 lower. And what it does is enable you to use your regular magazine for your Glock 17, 19, your SIG P320, CZ75, M&P, or CZP09, or P10. You go onto their website, and click on whichever firearm you own and they'll send you a mag x adapter that will work in your ar-15 lower so you install it which is installed in minutes i have one and boom it's in there all you have to do is attach an ar-15 upper nine millimeter upper and you have a pcc it's that easy it's the mag x from matador arms They have other cool stuff, including a folding stock adapter called the Sidewinder for non-AR rifles or just maybe something that doesn't require a um, buffer spring, buffer tube kind of thing. Awesome sauce. Go to matadorarms.com. Why am I telling you about them? Because Matador Arms has supported the Second is for Everyone diversity shoot for years. They're a straight up company. They're owned by some really decent human beings. And uh, you should really support those that have supported us. I appreciate it. But go check out Matador Arms and see if I'm not right. Check them out on IG and Facebook. They have some really good pictures up too, by the way. MatadorArms.com Hey, welcome back. (laughs) Episode 82, Roadhead, the episode that never ends. Why? Because I'm still on the road. That's right. It is now Wednesday. Um, I did the 12 and a half, 13 hour drive from Missouri to South Carolina. Uh, darn near to Hilton Head, South Carolina. To visit uh, my wife because, you know, I was in the neighborhood. Um... My father-in-law has some medical issues, and my wife's been staying there since September uh, in South Carolina. So I decided, since I was already out and about gallivanting across the country, that I would swing by South Carolina on the way to Jersey from Missouri. And uh, I spent a day there, caught up on a sleep, caught up on some sleep. Uh, found out about my father-in-law's condition and some big things are going to be happening with us. Uh, and then I hit back on the road and I'm heading north now uh, to Virginia uh, because I'm going to swing by my mom's place on the way to Jersey and see my mother, who I haven't seen probably in a year. Uh, <laughs> a lot of driving, a lot of things happening. 
uh, online right now, the alumni of the latest Train and Learn event are all reaching out to each other, are all sharing each other's posts, which is great. Uh, sad part is uh, some of the good feeling that we have is going to drop off and people are going to drift away from each other a little bit, but there will remain a hardcore group of people that will remain friends online, that will travel, that will go to classes together, that will be seeing each other at different places. That's what happened with the first one, that's what's going to happen with this one. I do have to say, though, <clears throat> the feeling of togetherness, community, and everything that was picked up on uh, during the first event was only improved during this event. I can't wait. I'm going to work really hard, uh, Kevin, as we were closing up. Uh, ask for people to meet the No Other Choice Train and Learn Challenge, which is for the next 60 days, June and July, that the alumni from the event only post positive posts online. Just push positive positivity. That's what I try to do anyway. I don't like negativity because negativity, anyone can be negative. Anyone can be a jerk. It, it requires zero effort. When you look on the good side of things, when you program your brain to be uplifting, you can make it so. All right, I have a call coming in. <laughs> I'll come back to you guys later. Hey. Yep, got a phone call from my wife. If you can hear it or not, <laughs> um, raining really hard, which is slowing me down. Getting to my next destination, but it's extremely tiring. Tiring. Wow. Um, since Thursday, nope, Tuesday, nope, Wednesday. I forgot what day I picked up this car. <laughs> I've driven 46 hours. They actually have a gauge on the 2021 uh, that tells you how long you've been driving it. And I've been driving 46 hours uh, since Wednesday, really. All I did was pick the vehicle up Tuesday and go home. Set the, uh, reset everything, driven over 2,400 miles. And, uh, interesting. Telling you one thing though, that Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee is bigger on the inside than I thought it was. It's very comfortable. Um, I can get up and go when I need to. What, did this turn into an auto podcast? Well, I've been renting vehicles for years now, uh, mainly because of the Freedom Mobile I have is best kept to local area, <laughs> local area uh, you know, within AAA cruising range of my home just in case it goes down and has to get towed but coming back from this latest event i'm seriously thinking about just purchasing a new to me used vehicle that may be more dependable than the 04 volvo i have with uh, about 350,000 miles on it so we'll see anyone know any great deals on stuff like you know Toyota Highlander or Toyota Sienna. I think that's the uh, their minivan. 
because minivans have a lot of cool things built into them and are meant to be on the road for long periods of time comfortably with all the kids in the back so mine will have rifles and ammo in the back and swag for diversity shoots in the back so i'm trying to think of stuff to stay awake um because at five o'clock oh it's five o'clock now um i'll probably go on there with gun websites if they have anything going on so i don't even know if i'll put this in the show because it's five minutes long but these this is me rambling off the top of my head trying to keep awake if you're listening to this thanks a lot i really appreciate it um you're real hardcore because this is just tony talking but let me say one thing you need to go to the train and learn event if you're in the firearms industry whatsoever if you have a podcast if you're thinking about starting a podcast if you have a training business and this is one of those things regardless of color but if you are a minority this is something that has a very large percentage percentage of minorities um if that will make you comfortable now people go well why does it always have to be about race why does it you can easily say that when everywhere you go it's about 90 percent of people that look like you i'm not intimidated by it because i could give two dimes people are people and i truly and really believe that and i've had rarely had bad experiences with people being outwardly aggressively racist towards me but I have had people being gatekeepers to different things because I didn't fit their perception of who should be in that arena now me particularly I'm talking about and this is just off the top of my head uh, when I first tried to get into cigar smoking I didn't look like at 23 years old someone that would appreciate smoking a cigar well guess what you're wrong so there is gatekeeping out there whether you want to put it on racial divide or whatever there is there is no such things happening at the train and learn event hosted by kevin dixon so if you have a business you want to start a business in any way whatsoever associated with the firearms community i suggest you make the time to go to a train and learn event if you've never been to a training class i suggest the train and learn event be the one you go to because it gives you a taste of different firearms instructors different training styles and different types of firearms that you can try and they also have guns there that you can use supplied by sponsors so yes that's my little commercial for train and learn actually i might actually make one for train and learn but that's just happening i'm off now gonna talk to g webs talk to you guys later bye